0: tonight we thank the lord for his goodness and what a what an incredible challenge already and so we want to invite you to the book of acts chapter number six tonight last few weeks we've been looking at this series on inspiring examples people that we can be encouraged by Uh, we saw the selflessness of ruth and her willingness to sacrifice um, so that naomi can continue and and live even in that regard and so we just saw that selflessness in her life Uh, And uh, we're challenged as well to have that same spirit in our own life, that we might also uh, be selfless. And then uh, right after that, we were able to uh, be reminded as well uh, last week of uh, by faith Moses and and what a great example of faith Moses was and his desire to walk with the Lord and his desire just to be faithful uh, in, uh, in all of his life. And not a perfect man, but a man that God used And tonight we're going to look at a man that is found in the book of Acts. And as we look in Acts chapter 6, we're going to see him really revealed here to us. And as we do so, we're going to see that Stephen was a man full of faith. But also, he was a man who was willing to declare the gospel. And what a great reminder it is that we can, as individuals, have a great impact on declaring the gospel. Listen, Stephen wasn't a preacher he was just a man who said, listen, I want to be used of the Lord, however that may be. As a layman, as a, as a deacon in this first church, I just want to be used greatly of God. And so let's look at Acts chapter number 6. We're going to see some of the first problems in this uh, early church and then uh, how, how God uses that problem to bring some real unity in the body of Christ and other people to join in and be a blessing and uh, solve that problem. In verse number 1, It says, In those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of disciples unto them, and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom you may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and Cyrenians and Alexandrians and of them of Cilicia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen." And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Then they suborned men, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council and set up false witnesses, which said, This man ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words uh, against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. And all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Let's stop right there, shall we? Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the word of God. I thank you for the man, Stephen, and and his willingness to be a great example for us today. A man who was willing to declare uh, the gospel message. A man whose uh, willingness to declare cost him his life, but Lord, it did so much more for eternity in the lives of others. And so tonight, as we gather around in the Word of God, I pray that we would be encouraged, that we would be strengthened together, and Lord, that we would be able to grow together in Christ. We thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. As we look here in Acts chapter six, so just just as a little bit of a background, the church in Jerusalem is growing, and and you know I, I'm always thankful for opportunities for growth, and when we see God blessing our church and and, and we see uh, times of growth, I recognize that there is always problems that occur when churches are growing, and this church was no ex- exempt, uh, was not exempt to that either. They and themselves were going through a time of great growth, but also there were some problems in the church as well. They were having issue, and we read about that in the first few verses here. How that some of the widows felt like they were neglected by the daily administration. They didn't feel like they were getting the attention that they needed and deserved. And so, and this was a difference in the Hellenist Greek or the Grecians, and as well as uh, the Hebrews in this regard. And so, we see that, that as a result, the the disciples said, listen, or the apostles said, listen. There's only so much we can do. And so this is what we want to do. Look out seven men among you. Men, and he described what they were looking for. Not just men who were good with business, not just men who were uh, maybe uh, steady in the church, but this is how he describes them in verse number three. He says, men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. He was saying, listen, look for godly men, that we can appoint over this business. In a couple of months, we'll be electing a couple of new deacons for our deacon board. And we ought to be praying now, Lord, help direct us to some godly men who shall be able uh, to fulfill the requirements that God's laid out in His Word. Man, what a blessing our deacons are in our church. We're blessed by godly men who serve the Lord, godly men who in my mind fulfill these requirements here and as well as 1 Timothy 3. And these men have dedicated themselves to serving our widows but also our church body. And I'm so thankful for good godly deacons. Well, in this situation, this was the very beginning of the calling of these deacons. The apostles and pastors of the church needed to devote themselves more to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. And What a, what a great and important thing we have here at this church. They, they recognize that the most important thing we can do is, is not just serve tables, but to pray. To serve by serving the Word of God. And what a great uh, reminder for us as a church that priorities are important as well in ministry. That we give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of word uh, of the Word. And that we continually give ourselves to these things that are the most needed. I, I don't know that they, uh, they just quit serving altogether, but they said, Listen, we need help in this ministry so that it doesn't consume our daily, uh, day-to-day time. I've noticed that uh, in, our, in our society that there's a lot of things that distract in there. There's a lot of things that pull away uh, from the most important things. And today, this is a man, as as this church, they they said, Listen, this is what we need. We need some godly men who will step up to the bat. We need some godly men who will help us in this regard because we've needed to devote ourselves to the Word and to prayer. And so one of those men was Stephen. And and it's a unique description of Stephen in verse number 5. As in the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen and listened to the description, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. And they list the others that were selected there as well, but just just interesting to man to me that that Stephen was was singled out and someone that they they recognized as a man that was full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. Maybe that's because later he was stoned to death. He became the first martyr of the church. But here in this list, God saw sufficient that that we see a little bit about the character of Stephen, and I think it's encouraging, especially for us today as the church, a church that desires to declare the gospel. Uh, excuse me, a church that desires to declare the glory of God in all the world, that we see the the characteristics of a man like Stephen, and that God used him just like He can use me, me and you. He wasn't some sort of super uh, super prophet. He was just an average man. But he was a man that God describes as a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. We often think that, often, uh, that these people that we read about in the Scripture are people that are superhuman, don't we? We think about the prophet Elijah and we think Elijah, man, this great man of God who called down fire on Mount Carmel and 450 prophets of Baal were killed that day. Uh, Just an incredible man of God or or others in the Old Testament, uh, Jeremiah who endured such great hardships in the bottom of a dungeon. Uh, A man uh, maybe like John the Baptist who ate locusts and honey, man, he was some sort of man. I I, I, don't, I don't know about that, but I, mean, I, I do know that we oftentimes elevate these men and we think they were some sort of superhumans to be able to endure what they endured, right? And we think, man, there's there's no way in the world that I could even come close to that. But yet, even as the song sister Denise just sang, it's just the, the faith of the grain of mustard seed and the Christ says that you shall say unto this mountain, be thou cast in the sea and it shall be done. Listen, it's not, it's not the great Billy Grahams in our day that change lives, it's You and I, just us people who are willing to say, God, I just want to be able to walk in the Spirit. I want to be able to walk with you. What a difference your life can make to your neighbor. What a difference your life can make to your mechanic or your dentist or those that you interact with on a a daily basis. May God help us to get past this, uh, this superhero complex and be able to say, God can use each of us in the ministry if we'll just be willing to say, God, here am I. Send me. And so in the, in the past few weeks, I know that there have been a lot of things that have happened in the world around us. As a matter of fact, I think about all the, the people who have laid down their life, like Stephen, who, who paid the ultimate price for their faith. And, you know, we've seen those, in, uh, those that are more close. Uh, my family were close friends uh, with some missionaries in Mexico. This is the Casillas family, and they were serving the Lord, John and Wanda Casillas. And they were good friends with my grandfather and my grandmother. And, and as they served the Lord in, in Mexico, uh, they began to post and share for prayer uh, and pictures of what the drug cartel was doing in Mexico. And the cartel warned them and said, you better stop. You better quit what you're doing, or else we're coming for you. Well, they didn't stop. They continued to post and share in pictures uh, the hangings and the murders and, the, and all of the things that were, were going on in Mexico to bring to light what uh, oftentimes governments try to ignore. And in process of doing so, the, the cartels came for them and murdered them viciously in their home. Last few weeks, we saw Pastor Arthur Polowski, uh, uh, he's a Polish Canadian pastor in Canada. He spent a summer speaking in the U.S. warning churches of the oppression that the West is facing. He landed on the tarmac in Calgary and he was arrested immediately as soon as he disembarked from the airplane. And now he is required by his parole, the sentencing of his parole, to give a government-approved speech agreeing and parroting the government's stance on all of the political uh, issues of COVID and social distancing. In 2010, 10 people spoke the name of Jesus as they were doing good works. And as a result, the Taliban beheaded them simply for what they were doing. Now, this, this group is the same group that's in charge of Afghanistan. We must be praying for the believers that remain in that country. We could continue for hours about the evidence of this increased persecution. Like the penalty, even if you share the gospel in many Muslim countries, uh, the penalty is to cut the arm off at the elbow. Listen, we're witnessing in our time in this day our shadow of the tribulation that is being cast over the church age. The day is upon us, isn't it? It is still the church age. We're not in the tribulation, just to clarify that. But we're seeing some horrific events that are uh, unfolding around us. Revelation 2.10 says, Fear none of these th- those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried. And ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. May we be willing to be found faith- faithful in all of this. Stephen was the first of many hundreds of thousands that have given their life for the cause of the gospel. He was the very first martyr. He was the very first one that was willing uh, to to preach the truth boldly. And one of Satan's tactics has always been to silence the message by any means possible. And that's what he started with Stephen, and that's what he continues to do today. Uh, But listen, uh, instead of silencing Stephen's message, it fueled it. Instead of squelching the gospel, it has only propelled it. And it is exciting even now to see God at work in the lives of people all around the world Uh, because of one man, his faith was willing to say, you know what, I'm going to preach the gospel no matter what because later in his life, and we'll look at this here in the end, later in his life we see Stephen was willing to die for the gospel and who was there uh, consenting unto his death? Who was there looking on as, as Stephen was stoned to death but the apostle Paul before he was saved? He was there. And so let's look at this unique declaration that Stephen had shared. And first off, let's see first, it's a spiritual declaration. And we see very first the description of Stephen. We see his face uh, his, uh, in verse number 5. We see just how he's described here. As I mentioned a while ago, he is a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. And as, as we look and we think about this church... This was not a little church. It wasn't a small church, even a medium-sized church. We would probably describe it as a mega church today. Thousands of people had been saved by this point, and there were many multitudes of people that were gathered together in this place. And as Stephen went about serving in this church, Stephen stood out among all the others that were present. And so that when they looked for men who were full of faith, and the one of them, the one that came to mind was Stephen. And they said, Listen, how can we go wrong with a man, Stephen? Let's, let's call him. And the church voted. And they said, This is, this is the man that we believe would go, serve in, in this capacity. And so he was a man, as the, as, uh, the disciples, uh, the apostles described in verse number three a man of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom, uh, who they could appoint over this business. And we see that as we look at his, his declaration in chapter number 7, and as he preached the Word of God, we see it was full of the Spirit of God because he was full of the Spirit. You can't preach the, the Spirit of God unless you are also walking in the Spirit. Not everyone who is sharing on social media is filled with the Spirit. In fact, most of the time on social media, people are not filled with the Holy Spirit. They're filled with some other spirit, amen? Spirit of hate or or vengeance or spirit of the world. But listen, people are always wanting to give a piece of their mind. But Stephen wasn't known as a preacher or a man that wanted to give a piece of his mind. He wanted to have the mind of Christ. What a difference. And this was noticed by this church around them. Listen, if you live your life according to God's word, it's going to be, people are going to see it. But did you know that in your life, if you're a believer here tonight, You possess the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 9, But ye are not of the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I love uh, old J. Vernon McGee. I, I love to hear his old twangy Texas voice. He's always saying something, Well, there's the saints and there's the ain'ts. There's nothing in between, Amen. Either you have the Holy Spirit of God because you are born again or you are not born again and you don't have the Spirit of God. There's nothing in between here. There are those that have been saved and set apart. They have the Holy Spirit of God indwelling them. Then there are those that have rejected Jesus Christ and they do not have the Spirit of God. I remember when I was a child, I prayed to receive Christ as my Savior. And I was such a little boy, I didn't fully understand everything that happened at that moment. Readily, I'll admit. I didn't understand the ramifications of Christ's substitutionary death on the cross. I didn't understand uh, that uh, all that Christ had done for me. I didn't understand what the Holy Spirit that He had sealed me until the day of redemption. I didn't understand these great doctrines that we have from the Word of God. Uh, but I did understand that I was a sinner in need of salvation. And if I just come to the Lord, then He would forgive me and I could also enjoy eternity in heaven. But this is something that I realize now. That the moment I received Jesus as my Savior, even though I didn't understand everything that was happening in my life, I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. James sixteen seven says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is, is it expedient for you that I go away? For if I come, go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Jesus teaches us that it's our, for our advantage that we have the Holy Spirit at work in our life. Now, we're going to review just a little bit about the doctrine of the Holy Spirit tonight. And there are five commandments in the New Testament concerning the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at these very quickly. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 19, he says, Quench not the Spirit. In other words, be sensitive to the one that indwells us and be willing to obey And I love Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 30. The second command says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. The second command is don't grieve the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is leading you to serve, or if He's leading you to love someone or to give, don't grieve Him. Don't say no, but instead be willing to obey. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 teaches us that we should walk in the Spirit. It's an everyday relationship. It's not just, okay, uh, I received him at the moment of salvation, but then it's gone. But it's an everyday uh, thing. We see this, this I say, then walk in the Spirit. That command of God to walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's something that God's commanded us. The fourth thing in Jude chapter 20, he teaches us we should pray in the Spirit. He says, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes our prayer can be repetitious, can't it? We just kind of get into the mundane habit of things. Lord, bless my wife and bless my kids and bless my work and bless uh, our church. And we you know we pray kind of like that sometimes. But God's teaching us instead that our prayers, if, if we're praying in the Holy Ghost, they should be alive, they should be vibrant. We should pray with passion. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, probably the greatest instruction that we have is to be filled with the Spirit. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Listen, if you're saved today, you have the Holy Spirit in your life. And if you're saved, no doubt there's that greatest certainty that He is at work in our life. But here's the problem. Though we have the Spirit in our life, he doesn't, we don't always willingly surrender all of ourselves to Him. In other words, you have all the Spirit, but sometimes He doesn't have all of me. Are you willing for Him, I I want God to work in my life. I want God to be able to have all of me. I want to be able to sing, all to Jesus I surrender, all to Him I freely give and truly mean it. I want my life and the words that I sing and the songs and these great hymns of the faith to align completely. Well, Stephen was not a man who had just had the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit completely possessed him. And I, this is very evident in his life. In his boldness, and his response, in his willingness to preach the truth, his walking, his talking, his daily life, was so impacted by the Holy Ghost and God's work in his life that when it came time to select the deacons, he was an obvious choice. He was like, there's no doubt about it, De- uh, Stephen is one of these men. And so he was a man who God was working through. Notice, God never commands in His Word, you're to be baptized in the Spirit. He never commands in the word you're to be indwelt by the Spirit. We're not commanded those things because those things happen at salvation. But this is, uh, and and there's something else that's singular to point out, that God doesn't command us to speak in tongues, does He? God never says, if you're going to be saved, you must speak in tongues. He never mentions that. We see that it is is evidence, a sign gift, for uh, those Gentiles and unbelievers during that time, before the Word of God came. But it is not something that's a prerequisite for your salvation. And we're not to to pray and say, Lord, yet let me be able to speak in tongues. That is a heresy. But we are commanded to be continually filled with the Spirit of God. And I think Stephen's life exhibits that for us. He was a great example. He was a holy man of God who was moved by God. Now listen, you think, well, being filled with the Spirit, that's some sort of an enigma. Only the holiest of holies, like the high priest going into the the holy of holies once a year, only, only those kind of guys can have something like that in their life. But listen, God wouldn't tell you be filled with the Spirit if you can't be. He wouldn't say, listen, make sure that in your life be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with His Spirit, if it was impossible for each of us to be able to be filled with the Spirit of God. It's not just for the men of the Bible. It's not just for uh, for, for uh, a pastor or anything of that nature. God, would not, uh, God wants each of us then to be completely filled with and controlled by His Spirit. And because Stephen was often was filled with the Spirit. He sought then to exalt the Lord in his life. Look at look at Stephen's life. If, if we well, we're going to look at it here in a little bit. I don't want to get ahead of myself too far, but as we look through his message, we see that his desire was constantly to exalt Jesus Christ. Listen, a sign of a Spirit-filled life is not the ability to speak in gibberish. I do that all the time when I you know, stammer and stammer, and I, I feel like a porky pig sometimes. That's all, folks. But listen, one of the signs of a spirit-filled uh, Christian is they talk about Jesus Amen. a lot. Man, do you find yourself constantly talking about the Lord? My, uh, my kids and I we uh, were trying to finish up some porch staining before it gets really cold, and so we stopped in to, uh, at Lowe's and and uh, I. I was looking uh, for, a, I don't remember what I was even looking for now, but I just remember this lady who was working there today, and, um, and I, was, I was in Lowe's and we're looking for, for stain or something to go along with that. She said, can I help you? I said, I don't think you can help me unless you have some sort of way to help my brain. It's messed up. And she said, well, the Lord can help you. I said, well, praise the Lord. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that was a woman who knew the Lord. We didn't have but just a passing conversation, but she knew the Lord. And she was, I believe, uh, evidencing that she was filled with the Spirit of God. She wanted to talk about Jesus. Man, I was like, man, this is great. Listen, people who are filled with the Spirit are not argumentative. They're not bitter. They're not angry. But one who's filled with the Spirit talks about Jesus Christ. Do you find yourself talking about Christ? Do you find yourself uh, having conversations with people? And he says, you know, I, I want to pray with you today. Our upstriver, he was uh, here at the church. And, and as I was talking with him, I, I just, uh, I just, he shared with me something that was going on in his life. And I said, man, let me just remind you, we're praying for you. We'll be praying for you. I'll be praying for you. Dude, you talking about it. John 16, verses 12 and 13. Christ said, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit when the Spirit of truth is come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. You see, the Spirit of God guides us into the truth of Jesus Christ. The ministry of the Spirit is to exalt Christ." And so we should never exalt a preacher or a singer or even the Holy Spirit above Jesus Christ. In a truly Spirit-led ministry, Christ will be preeminent because that is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to exalt Jesus Christ. So may we have that desire. May we as a church say, listen, we want Christ to be lifted up. It's not about a man or people or anything like that. We want Christ to be totally lifted up in our church, in our witnessing, in our atmosphere, in everything that we do. Because what we recognize, people that are filled with the Spirit are going to talk more about Christ than they do about COVID. They're going to talk more about Christ than anything else in their life. Stephen was known as someone who exalted the Lord Jesus Christ. We see that in verse number 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. You ever been led of the Spirit of God? You ever been in your Bible reading? Now, I'm not trying to be kind of weird or anything like that, but you've been in your Bible reading or, and, and God just leads you to pray for someone. And you've got to stop right there and you've just got to pray for, uh, for uh, a sister or a brother in the Lord or a country or a missionary. Maybe sometimes we're on our way to the bank or a barber shop or along the way we find someone, we're interacting with someone and the, and the Lord, the Spirit leads us to be able to share Christ with someone. Are we going to or are we going to quench the Spirit? See, if we're not careful, we'll lose the heart of the Samaritan, the good Samaritan who is willing to stop and to be able to tend to the needs of that that one that was attacked on the wayside. You know, sometimes we'll just be like the, the Pharisee and the priest that just passed by without any desire to help. We can be so busy, so fast, so organized that we miss being led of the Holy Spirit in those moments. May we not be like that. May we be controlled and led by the Spirit of God. Let's look at the second aspect of this declaration of Stephen. It was a sacrificial declaration. We saw a spiritual declaration. His life was spirit-led. His life was completely given to the Lord. But this was also very sacrificial for him. There will often be a sacrifice when you proclaim Christ without compromise. Listen, if we're going to be willing to say we're going to stand upon the Word of God and we're going to stand here upon God's truth about all aspects of life, and if we're willing to do that, there's going to be some sacrifices we must make. But you know, the reality is we want things to be easy. We want instant coffee, microwave dinners. We want a 10-minute oil change. We want it, and we want it now. Amen? But serving Christ, when we serve Him, there's going to be times of waiting. There's going to be times when trials come and it may be someone that calls you names or gossips behind your back and you're going to feel alone or maybe you're going to feel isolated and and maybe there's going to be a boss that can't stand your faith and as a result he overlooks you for a promotion. And let me just remind you that that these things things are going to be worth it all when we face Christ. Stephen, let's look at his life in verse number 9, he was first off disputed. In verse number 9, it says, Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and the Cyrenians and the Alexandrians, and of them of Cilicia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. When he came to declare Christ to the people in the synagogue, there were some of them that began to dispute. They began to argue and they become, to become even combative with Stephen. They disputed the message. They disputed his authority. And they caused an uproar. Amazingly, I love though... In verse number 10, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Listen, the apologists, the greatest apologist of their time could not defeat his wisdom and the spirit of God. Stephen not just had the right words, but he had the right spirit. And that made a difference when when he was disputed against. This is why we labor hard to invest in lives at the church. We want people to know the Word. Amen? We want everyone to be involved in a connection group on Sunday so they can be involved in that atmosphere of learning. To have uh, 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 just be in church services. Thank you for being here on Wednesday. I hope it's encouraging for you on Wednesdays. To have, I appreciate our Master Club ministry whose goal and design is to help teach children and train them in the Word of God that they might know what the Word says and they might be able to defend their faith. I appreciate our youth ministry that tonight is even investing in our teenagers so that they might be able to know the Word of God and be able to carry it forward. Uh, And as they look in tonight at just godly relationships and how they can choose what what it is to have godly uh, men, uh, godly friends around them that will influence them because as iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. We offer, uh, obviously, our daily uh, we do prayer with pastor on a daily thing. We, you can sign up for emails that we send every day. Listen, we give away Bibles. We invest in people's lives so that people may be able to stand against those that are trying to dispute with them. Listen, we want to declare that Jesus is the Christ. He's not one of the ways. He is the way. That's why we're here tonight. So that we can be encouraged to continue to declare. But we also see that Stephen's life was slandered. Verse number 11, look there with me. Then they suborned men which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So so the word suborn means uh, that they hired these guys to say uh, uh, false things about Stephen. They paid guys to go around lying about Stephen to say that he was a blasphemer. Essentially, if they were, if this was 2021 in which this has happened, they'd have started a website and called it uh, wehatestephen.com. They were doing everything they could to stir the pot. I, I'm, I'm just so reminded of uh, Proverbs chapter 6, six things that the Lord hates, ye seven are abomination. They that soweth discord among the brethren is the last ones listed. Maybe we would not be like these false. Uh, prophets, maybe not maybe be like those that, that desire to be filled with the Spirit of God and to speak the truth in love. Listen, they were used, using these lies and disseminating lies to hurt his reputation. Satan will do anything he can to silence and to slander the preacher. And whether Not necessarily the guy on the platform, but even you and I, if we're willing to speak the truth. But we got to remember what Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Listen, we're wrestling against a mighty enemy tonight. Greater is he that is in you. What does it say, church, than he that is in the world? Never forget that. Never forget, though, the enemy seems to rage around us, and, and maybe we look around what's going on in the country around us, and we see the challenges for Christians around the world, and we understand that our enemy is not the government, the enemy is not our neighbor, but it is a spiritual warfare, and God is greater than the devil. He always will be, and one day we're going to see him forever destroyed. Amen? What a joy that will be. I've read the back of the book, amen, and guess what? We win, all right? Listen, the devil is a father of all lies, and he's going to do everything he can to, to destroy your life if you're willing to stand for the gospel. After just a few years of preaching, um, I realized that not everyone is excited about the messages that we share. Not everyone's as excited about the Bible as I am. There's been some times where I've gotten emails that are not... Uh, so flowery and wonderful some emails that basically didn't say hey we're, we're with you but they said everything but that uh, and I, let me just say if we're willing to preach the truth if we're willing to say thus saith the Lord the devil's going to rage against you are we willing to sacrifice are we willing to say God we want to stand with you I don't care what anybody else does William Wilberforce many of us know his story but he knew John Newton and George Whitfield in England he wasn't saved as an early age but he was exposed to the gospel when he was young but he instead of believing in Christ he just went into on into business and at the age of 21 he became a member of British parliament he was really successful at a young age and and through the midst of all the times that he served he had an emptiness Four years into his service at Parliament, he accepted Christ as his personal Savior. And his life was changed. He got saved, and he realized that the answer to all the corruption and the problems of this world weren't just political, uh, but they were some spiritual problems and spiritual needs that the world had around him. And so he became involved in multiple different organizations that helped propel the gospel forward, the Sunday School Union, and uh, he supported personally missionaries and Bible societies, and he became a primary spokesman for abolishing slavery in the, in the world at the time. There have been many Christians who had spoken out boldly against slavery William Force began to push against slavery, and, and uh, in the Parliament. And the result of that was that he was slandered. Matter of fact, many of the men, members that held slaves began to say that he was doing this for money, that he just wanted to be the Prime Minister. They would throw rocks at him, even as he walked toward his chambers in Parliament. But finally, after years of work and labor, the, the bill to defeat slavery and end it passed 283 votes to 16 because a man was full of faith a man was willing to say it doesn't matter what it costs me it doesn't matter what sacrifice we have to go through this is the mission that god has given me and we're not going to give up we're going to continue this work listen just as we are doing a good work just because we're doing a good work doesn't mean that it, all the, it will be without problems You know, just because we desire to plant a church, that doesn't mean that it's going to be without issues or problems or or conflict at times. But listen, we're going to experience problems. We're going to experience issues along the way. And because we are doing a good work and because Satan wants to resist us, but we must never give up. We must never give in. And just as Stephen was willing to say, God, I'm going to continue to preaching no matter if they dispute, no matter if they slander, no matter what they say, we're going to continue forward trusting and believing that you are God. One last thing about Stephen. Stephen was at peace with God. Verse number 15. And all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. I want you to picture in your mind's eye what's going on, and you can read a little bit more about it. Verse 12. They stirred up the people and the elders, and they came upon him and caught him and brought him into the council, set up false witnesses. In verse 13, all of these things had happened at this time, and and this was not some sort of a nice conversation. These men are attacking, they're disputing, they're slandering, they're screaming, they're in his face, and they're yelling, and, and they're trying to get him to react. And what did they see when they looked upon Stephen's face? They saw the face of an angel. Listen, I don't know what my face looks like when I get upset. I don't have to look at it. But I have a feeling that it doesn't always look like the face of an angel. Because it doesn't feel good when people slander. It doesn't feel good when people are in your face and they're being ugly. This is why Stephen is such a good example to us, isn't it? If he could have gone through what he went through and had that kind of peace, it was obvious that he had the fullness of the Spirit of God in him. I heard a story about Rick Martin. Rick Martin is a missionary in the Philippines. He's doing a great work, seeing hundreds turn to Christ. As a matter of fact, in his ministry, as, as many, many people were coming to Christ, the uh, local church there was predominantly Catholic, and, and the, uh, the, the priests became anxious about these that were turning away from a workspace religion and turning to Christ through faith alone. And so the Catholic Church, the church began to take out radio, radio ads to slander his ministry. And he began to, uh, they began to tell uh, the people in those radio ads that he was only in the Philippines to make money. Don't go to the Baptist Church because that's, he was there to manipulate the people. He was a bad man. He was teaching blasphemy. Yet he just continued to preach the gospel. He didn't try to defend himself. He didn't try to get vengeful. He didn't uh, attack them back. He just continued, and and he continued to, to witness and go into the villages and the, and to uh, to lead the blind and the leper colonies where the lepers gathered. He'd go there and he'd share Christ with them. He'd go to the people where to the dumps where people were living and he would uh, preach to them the gospel. He would go into the prisons where the prisoners were and he would preach the gospel. And everywhere you went, you'd hear him call out, "Pastor, Pastor." Because he had led hundreds upon hundreds to Christ, he just continued. For more than 40 years, he has faithfully served in in the Philippines. And though he's been slandered, he's done so with the Spirit of Christ. Let me just encourage this church. Stephen is an incredible example for us. A man who is full of faith, yes, but a man who had a a message to proclaim. And I want to get to the last point, my scriptural declaration, but I see I'm out of time. And so I want to encourage you next week as we come back and we finish this up. But I want to encourage us in our life, in our walk with the Lord. May we be willing tonight just to be able to say, God, I want to be a man or a woman full of the Holy Ghost. I'm I'm not satisfied any longer with just uh, living uh, life day to day. But God, I want to be completely controlled by you. God, I want my life to make a difference in the world and even in eternity for one other person. I want my life to make a difference around me. And not not necessarily in the economics, not necessarily in the social realm, but God, in the spiritual realm, may my life be a difference because I'm willing to to, uh, be uh, filled with the Spirit of God. May our life be like Stephen's. So Father, we come before you tonight. God, I thank you for this great example of Stephen, a man full of the Holy Ghost, full of wisdom and power. Lord, as he preached your word, Lord, he just preached the Bible. But he did it, Lord, without any care or concern for cost. He was just willing to lay it all down for you because I believe with all my heart this man walked with you. God, as a church, tonight we gather and and we're challenged through this month by missionaries and we're challenged for the cause of missions. And we're praying, God, how would you use us, Lord, in helping to spread the gospel into all the world? And the reality is, Lord, that tonight we just need you, Lord... Uh, to fill us. Lord, fill each of us tonight with your Spirit that if there's any sin or things that might hinder us, Lord, that we would put off these things that grieve you. And Lord, that we would choose instead to walk uh, walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And that, God, you might use our lives in a powerful way. And so, God, may you have control even in this invitation. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.